Hello and welcome back to Moroccan Boxed, a podcast series dedicated to all things Meraki. I'm Emily San Juan and it is my pleasure to be a guest moderator today. All right, we are actually making history. You are listening to the first truly collaborative episode between Moroccan Boxed and Cisco Champions. And I am sure this is going to be a conversation you won't want to miss. So what are we talking about today? We are going to learn how businesses can take full advantage of 5G and the branch networks using the Cisco Meraki MG51 and MG51E. And our phenomenal Cisco champions are going to help us unpack what we need to know. But first, let's start with introductions. Let's get into it. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. What do you do, my friend? Yeah, hi, uh, Chris Burgess. I'm I'm a solutions consultant for BT here in the UK. I work with some of the UK's largest corporates um, across a range of vert verticals and um, looking at helping them with large infrastructure transformational projects. And I'm very excited to be here today because this is my first time on Cisco Champions Radio, uh, but also it's bringing together two of my best-selling products, which is Meraki and 5G. So uh, very pleased to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. We're very excited to have you, but you are actually on an episode of Meraki and Box. So, yeah, it's my first episode too. So we're sharing that together. <laughs> All right, Paul, you're up next. What do you do, my friend? Uh, Paul Campbell. I'm uh, the CEO and founder of Corversal. We're a Cisco partner out of the United States and the Southeast. I've uh, been in the Cisco Champion program for uh, seven years now. Uh, wow. done, done several podcasts of various kinds. It's my first Moroccan box, so super excited. That's amazing. Seven years. Cisco Champions is 10 years old, so you've you've been there pretty much the entire time. <laughs> All right. Divya and Pratik. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, can you let us know what you do at Cisco Meraki? I'm Divya Pillai, Technical Marketing Engineer on the Meraki product team. I take care of cellular certifications on the Meraki cellular platforms. Nice to be here. That's my first Meraki Unboxed episode too. Three of us. <laughs> All right, Pratik. Hello, everyone from the Windy City. This is Pratik Desai. I lead go-to-market for hybrid cloud and cellular WAN solutions at Cisco Meraki. I'm very excited to be back here, and I'm joined with my colleague, Divya, and we're super excited to talk all things 5G. All right. Okay. Well, did you want to kick us off and give us a little bit more background on, on today's topic? What do we need to know? Absolutely. So to bring our audience up to speed, about 100 days ago, Cisco Meraki launched its first ever 5G product. It was built on our MG platform of cellular gateways. It was a pair of products known as the MG51 and the MG51E. These devices are the first 5G devices from us in the marketplace, and they offer the fastest and simplest way to scale robust always on 5G connected experiences anywhere. And the reason we're here to talk about 5G today is because number one, it's very new to the marketplace. 
and we want to have a conversation about how can we best take full advantage of 5G in a business setting. What do we need to know? If you're a leader in technology, what should I know? What questions should I be asking? What should I be researching? What should I be considering? What should I be evaluating from a carrier standpoint? How does this fit into my overall technology architecture? And most important of all, once I get to that point of building a strategy around 5G, how can I start having conversations about enabling business outcomes? Because all of us in technology, ultimately, we want to automate away rote activities so that we can move on and focus our time on broader strategic initiatives. And that's what we're excited about. That's what gets us up in the morning. And we're super excited to share that knowledge and have a conversation with other peers in the industry about that. That's awesome. So you said it's been over 100 days since you launched your first 5G product ever. Well, since then, Barbie and Oppenheimer opening weekend sales smashed expectations. So what expectations are you all smashing and what are you seeing? That's a phenomenal question. And I have yet to see both of those films. So I will absolutely be scheduling some time to do that because I, I do want to be on that bleeding edge. Let me say this, Paul. First and foremost, we're seeing a rapid acceleration in adoption of cellular WAN or wide area networking. And what we're seeing alongside this rapid adoption is really candid conversations with these leaders in technology that have been practitioners in this space. And they're in this phase where they're sharing information with us. And what we're seeing is that folks are still largely gathering knowledge. They're gathering knowledge about, okay, I'm adopting 5G, now what? How can I take my technology architecture and elevate it? How can I start to enable some really cool and innovative use cases that I might not be aware of? Because again, it, outside of our mobile phones, cellular in the business networking space was largely relegated to a backup connection. And the idea of running an entire branch or campus on cellular is, is quite a new idea. It wasn't possible until the industry developed an amazing product, which is 5G. And it wasn't available until, frankly, we got together and we launched our first 5G product, uh, a, a product that is not only a great enabler of robust, always-on connectivity, but also something that provides an excellent stage for these telecommunications companies that have built out this amazing infrastructure on 5G, but how do we really make it shine? How do we bring this to life? How do we deliver delightful experiences to end customers? And that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Divya, we, you and I were speaking about this as well. What are some things that you'd like to share with our audience as well? Like It's been over 100 days since we've launched our products. Let's talk about some of the questions that we're being asked. Pratik, uh, so one of the most common questions our customers ask is, what are the carriers that are supported by the MG? So for everybody to know, we are certified with all the major US carriers. And also we are certified with major carriers in Europe. So you have the option to use the MG with any of these. Depending on which carrier has better network coverage in the area you want to deploy, you have the option to choose that. And another thing is how businesses can use our dashboard to monitor the signal strength 
this which is like the rsrp you know the reference signal receive power or the signal quality which is like a key measure of the signal level and quality that you get it's similar to like how your phone it shows has the bars on the top on the right corner which gives you an indication oh do i have good signal here and you keep moving to till you get a good coverage it's the mg dashboard it just shows a numerical value for the same bars that's some of the things that i've seen up on that Divya um, you mentioned there about the bars and getting best performance I this is a question that comes up from a lot of my customers that they they want to adopt cellular they want to have it in their network they want to bring it into the branch but they want to know how they get best performance so some retail locations they're like a big Faraday cage they're like a metal building they're out of town uh, or maybe they've got a big glass office but the, 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 the communications rack is down in the basement what recommendations have we got for customers in ad adopting these for the first time? So what I want to tell you, Chris, is our Meraki MG cellular gateways, they are IP67 rated, which means they can be optimally positioned indoors or outdoors to receive maximal signal strength. So you don't need to worry about Faraday cages when your device can be placed outside as the MG is capable of outdoor mounting. You can even pair the device with a patch antenna in the event that you know you want to further concentrate which tower direction the mg gets its connectivity from the cellular patch antenna is ideal for situations that require these high directional gain towards you know a cellular tower pratik any thoughts on that absolutely I, you hit the nail on the head we designed a device that i mean if, if those of you that are listening to the conversation right now to take out your hand and just hold it in front of you and take your other hand and hold it right next to it, that's how large our device is. It's a very nimble, small, sleek designed device. It was put together by some of the best industrial designers on the planet. So it literally can be deployed anywhere. So this idea of a Faraday cage, this doesn't need to be inside of a cage of any sort. Run an insulated wire. I mean, this. Depends on what your real estate location is, right? Like, and what type of cabling you're using. But a lot of these Ethernet solutions will offer 10 gigs, 40 gigs of throughput for over 100 meters. I'm not really sure if you're going to need to run that long. But the idea is that keep your network closet where it makes sense for you, whether it's on the first floor or the second floor. We've seen some folks keep it in the basement for cooling purposes. But the MG can remain outside. You just do an insulated cable run to it. And at that point, you don't have to worry about Faraday cages. At that point, you got to worry about things like, well, what carrier do I want to run? Where do I want to place the device? And also, how can I rinse, wash, and repeat this for all my other branches? Because we're not necessarily just dealing with businesses that have one or two or five branches. I mean, some of our largest customers have thousands of branches, like the absolute largest ones have tens of thousands of branches. And the idea here is that this is one of the things that we want to start to share knowledge about, which is that, well, what's the key unlock with cellular? The key unlock is that it's, it connects instantly because of the amazing connectivity available and afforded through our carrier partners throughout the world, like the BTs of the world, the Vodafones, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. And because of the power of the cloud-managed Cisco Meraki platform, we offer zero-touch provisioning. What that means is that as soon as you plug it in, it turns on. 
So now you don't have to wait days or weeks or months for that construction to take place, for wires to be dug, for holes to be drilled, to get that specialized drill bit. You don't need to do any of that. Actually, you just plug it in and you're connected. And that level of business agility did not exist before. The idea that you can go into a burgeoning, exurban area and open up branches quickly, establish a competitive differentiator of first to market, fast time to market. These are the things that we want to get folks excited about because these are the things that 5G enables. It's more than just it's fast throughput and it doesn't lag. It's more than that. It's actually you can connect people quickly so you can reach your end customers faster. Pratik, I just have to comment. I don't have a business myself, but I kind of want to open one just so I could take advantage advantage of this. Like, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> Talk afterwards. Well, Let's see if we can get you an MG device. <laughs> um. Well, so thinking about that, right? So you mentioned earlier that you know a lot of businesses have often relegated you know cellular backup to being just that cellular backup. They, people weren't looking at it going, hey, I'll walk around with a phone in my pocket all day as my primary mode to access the internet and do things. But then when it came to their business, you know, they were paying exorbitant fees for bonded T1s or other uh, legacy forms of physical connections. So if I'm an engineer, architect, business leader out there listening right now, and I want to add 5G to my network, but quite frankly, I still have perhaps that legacy thinking, you know, what are the you know, top three, four, five things, um, you know, that y'all could tell us to get these people to understand that they should be aware of it and why they should leverage this as a primary mode of communication, as opposed to purely relegated to a backup. Oh, I, I really love this question. You're, you're getting me hyped now. Okay. So Vivia, let's tackle this one uh, together. I'm going to address the business aspect of it and let's go give them a look under the hood a little bit as well. So first and foremost, partner with your solutions consultant. They are your trusted advisor. They succeed when you succeed, period, end of story. And we're constantly having conversations with them. We're constantly swapping knowledge, sharing best practices. So that's like your first stop for information. Some of the things that you should expect to hear or perhaps inquire with them on are things such as security and SD-WAN. You should think about large-scale branch management, optimizing connectivity. You should think about how you can all minimize downtime, business continuity plans. The idea that you can actually run SD-WAN on cellular is an absolute game changer because there are areas in the world where... I'll give you an example. Uh, there was a research uh, recently uh, came out that showed that in the United States... Roughly every 25 square miles, there are 8 to 10 cellular towers. They are typically designed to uh, be dispersed every mile and a half to three miles, but they actually have the technological capability to distribute connectivity over 25 miles. What does that mean? That means that no matter where you go, there's nearly a dozen cellular towers. So from a continuity standpoint, Chris, let me ask you this question. On your network, what happens when one tower goes down? Falls over to the next tower. Exactly. And these tower networks have built-in continuity. They all have built-in failover. So actually, a cellular connection is more resilient than a wired connection. In the event that there is construction going on in your area, Lord knows it's happened to all of us that live in a big city. Someone's digging into power lines and they accidentally cut a cord. 
you're out. That wired WAN link is gone. That will never happen with a cellular uplink because it's just going to hop over to the next tower. And now when we talk about SD-WAN, now we're thinking about, okay, well, you can run one WAN uplink on wired and one on cellular. Or you want to be super cutting edge, you can perhaps run SD-WAN with two WAN uplinks that are running on cellular. And the cool thing is that they offer failover in the event that you can't grab a frequency with 5G, it fills over to 4G. So there's layers of built-in resiliency in cellular that quite frankly do not exist on wired. The idea of falling back to another tower, the idea of falling back to a different band, the idea of falling back to a different generation of technology from 5G to 4G, there are layers that will enable unparalleled business continuity for you. And Vivian, what are some of the things that we talked about uh, most recently with our partners in business about cellular? There were some really good questions we were asked most recently. So, um, you know, actually, I can't stress enough on what you were saying about let's don't be afraid to go fully wireless because, the, you know, our MG51 actually provides a simple solution for a wireless WAN connectivity. Now, like you said, wireless connectivity, it offers the convenience and simplicity for users. Scalability is more straightforward when compared to wired networks. So the cellular world has grown so much that we now should have more coverage than what it used to be before. That's our major take, my major take on it. There's more capacity too, right, Divya? Because it's so green field. And can we talk a little bit about that as well from the spectrum standpoint? There is literally so much unused capacity. It's like an open several lane highway that there's just not a lot of vehicles on. That is that is right. Uh, 5G, it provides more throughput and bandwidth uh, compared to what 4G was or more than what the wired uplink does provide. And especially uh, the non-standalone mode, the NSA, which uses the cu current LT net core network, it has it provides us that much coverage and bandwidth and throughput. And especially with a CAT twenty modem like what we have in our MG, you get around two gigs downlink and three hundred megs uplink. I don't think any wide connectivity would beat that. Certainly not at a scalable and affordable level. <clears throat> Glad you mentioned it, Divya, because uh, in the UK, it's quite common to see non-standalone 5G modes. So that's where 5G is deployed alongside kind of 4G and LTE radio. Um, yeah, a lot of the benefits I see marketed like slicing and ultra low latency are, are based around kind of 5G new radio standalone and 5G core. Um, do, do you think customers need to wait for 5G standalone to, to realize the benefits or, or, you know, can they adopt this now, really? Uh, Chris, you know, let me just uh, go over uh, briefly about what actually the NSA and SA is, right? So in yeah. NSA, the 5G connections, they are built on the 4G core network with the 5G new radio, which is the access node, and it helps connecting the devices to the network. So NSA was developed for, to give carriers the ability to roll out 5G coverage quickly and cost effectively. Right. This allows them to provide faster data speeds to the customers without having to invest in 
the equipment and the infrastructure for a full 5G network. Imagining, imagine building a 5G network from scratch. The core network is something which is not there. You have to build it from scratch compared to what we could already leverage. So if you anticipate using advanced applications, like you said, uh, the network slicing, the low latency, and you know that the area you want to deploy has good SA coverage, then 5G SA is something you can consider about. But again, since LTE is already widely deployed, NSA, which uses this existing LTE core, it has this wide coverage. So it makes it easier for you to transition to the world of 5G and reap its benefits. Prithik, what do you think yeah. about it? I could not agree more. And, you know, let's, let's go back to what exactly is uh, 5G NSA and, and why it exists and, and why that is the solution to use uh, today. Uh, so the telecommunications industry coalesced around a, it's a body of standards. They kind of determine how the underlying technologies work. They coalesced around 5G NSA in order to get it out the door faster. And I think the best analogy for this is think about autonomous vehicles. We all eventually want to see fully autonomous vehicles, but what the automotive industry did is we're going to set up levels to get to conditional autonomy, meaning the car will run on its own in certain secure scenarios. And the industry is already moving in that direction of full autonomy. Think about NSA versus SA the same way. So like Mercedes-Benz recently announced a conditionally autonomous level three vehicle. That's kind of what 5G NSA is. And over 85% of the world is using NSA. SA is absolutely yeah. the future, the way that fully autonomous vehicles are the future. We will get there. But in the interim, for the next several years, this is absolutely the best way to take advantage of the huge leaps and bounds in performance, low latency, high throughput, and ultra high capacity 5G. This is the best way to take advantage of it today. And the fact that put yourself in the context of you're in a country where your telecommunications operators recently just invested in 4G core networks. They're going to run this for at least the next few years because typically businesses operate on cycles, two years, three years, five years, so on and so forth. So if they just installed this core network, let's say a year or two ago, it's going to take a few more years for them. And this was a really good way for them to still get 5G out the door while still doing high asset utilization of their 4G core networks. It is still 5G. It's just using some components in the core network from 4G. Over time, when the industry begins to get to its next refresh cycle and they start to rip and replace with 5G core networks and it becomes more abundantly available, then, like with autonomous vehicles, we can start having a conversation about, well, when, is, when am I getting a car that's going to be fully autonomous? Same way with cellular, when am I going to start seeing fully standalone SA? But with 5G NSA, you are still going to get a huge boost in performance, especially over 4G. I mean, we're talking a, a C change, uh, up to 2 gigs down, 300 megs up today. Right. So <clears throat> it wouldn't be much of a Meraki conversation without talking about the dashboard and how we are going to manage and view everything, right? 
So I think my curiosity uh, is peaked around thinking, you know, my business, we currently help people leverage Meraki as individual customers. We help ISPs leverage Meraki for their business solutions, right? So we're talking hundreds and hundreds of devices we deal with all the time. The Meraki dashboard makes it super easy, convenient, easy to replicate, like you said earlier, rinse and repeat. So how um, has the Meraki dashboard um, evolved with the cellular uh, that y'all are rolling out uh, from 5G, as well as what are some of the benefits that you all just, even if it's just personal, uh, what's the benefit that you see from the Rocky dashboard rolling out this product? Uh, start off on that one. So the one thing that we did when building this out is we wanted to eliminate the chair swivel motion. This is something that Jonathan Davidson, one of the leaders at Cisco talks about. And it's this idea that you shouldn't have to go to different interfaces. You shouldn't have to train your IT teams in different tools just to run a simple stack because now you're spending more time on rote activities and we want to minimize that. The Cisco Meraki ethos is to deliver not simplicity, but delightful experiences. Simplicity is the gateway to delightful experiences. So the fact that the dashboard actually lets you Quite literally, even before the devices are shipped to your doorstep, you can activate the license mm -hmm. beforehand, like to the tune of thousands of devices. So that when they get to your doorstep, you have a branch or a campus, possibly even a data center. You plug it in, it automatically pulls the configuration profile from the cloud. And because of great connectivity from carriers, it's instantly on. Like that level of speed is unparalleled. And what we see kind of in the future of this is we're expecting more and more utilization of SD-WAN over cellular. So especially when you have a really good connection, you can actually start to do traffic shaping. You can start to do quality of service, bandwidth prioritization. You can segment your network in such a way that certain traffic, let's say video calling, voice over IP, point of sale transactions, maybe they run exclusively on cellular because you just have an ultra resilient, high throughput, extremely low latency con connection there. You can just run that all on cellular. So that's kind of what we see as the future of cellular. We're going to see more and more wireless connectivity. It's not here to replace wired. It's meant to expand connectivity. We want more things connected because when there are more connections, there's more bi-directional information sharing. And we think that is what is going to be able to allow us to unlock more innovations in the future. Divya, what were your thoughts? Um, so to answer Paul's question regarding the dashboard and how we evolved it, you know, uh, with 5G is now on the dashboard, you have something known as the rat, as you can see, which radio access technology your device is connected on. Is it on 4G? Is it on 5G? And the best part about Meraki is we, you know, it's, we believe in simplicity. So. MG is as simple as it gets, like Pratik mentioned, is, you know, the way it gets connected to dashboard, all you need is an active SIM and there you go, it's connected to the dashboard. And you don't need a technical team to, or an expertise to figure out or read the values from the dashboard. It shows you the signal <laughs> strength, it shows you, uh, you know, the technology you're on. It even uh, is, the MG also supports a CAT 20, uh, 20 modem, and it also does carrier aggregation. 
which means on the dashboard, you can see what bands you are connected on. What is the primary component carrier, which is a secondary component carrier, and that gives you an idea of what is the frequency band. Let's say, you know, you want to talk to the uh, carrier, you have all those information on the dashboard, which is pretty, I, I think from a customer perspective, they love that. We don't think yeah. that gets talked about enough, actually. Carrier aggregation for our audience, it is a way for you to run concurrent frequencies so that you can get closer to the theoretical output of your endpoint device. What it essentially means for you is that if you have a device like the MG51 that supports carrier aggregation, you're going to get faster performance. It's taking advantage of more frequencies. That's an absolute game changer. And you should expect to see more and more of that in future devices as well. That's one of the ways in which we're able to unlock new power and new capabilities. And gone are the days of my network isn't fast enough, right? Like, what's the way that you do an introduction into business setting? It's usually a handshake. Well, in our world, enterprise networking, it's a speed test. Well, this is one of the ways that we work under the hood, behind the scenes, to make sure that you're getting the strongest possible cellular handshake, period, end of story. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to add one last thing to that. Um, you had mentioned the simplicity of rolling out uh, devices, right? So if someone out there listening, right, is, doesn't use Meraki today, or maybe they use Meraki for some other stuff, I just want to say that, like, just simply the dashboard evolution, being able to deploy the equipment before it ever actually gets to you is a huge game changer because I think about... You know, we're specifically talking about for branch networks and the benefit of Meraki is I can have centralized teams or maybe I outsource to someone else who helps me. I don't need, you know, quote unquote, smart hands at a site anymore. You know, I just need physical manpower for someone to put something up on a pole or do whatever. And that is something else that I see here as a huge boon and benefit is being able to roll this out again, leveraging Meraki, leveraging the dashboard in the cloud to be able to deploy things in a much simpler, faster fashion without having to deploy your own people to all these locations as well. If you're a lean IT team, one person, two people, five people, this is tailor-made for you because you can manage hundreds to thousands of networks and exactly to your point, Paul, you do not need technical teams on site. You can do all that work beforehand, take advantage of the cloud, and literally just somebody needs to be there to plug it in. Like, it's that simple. And monitor it in life as well. Um, you, can, you can detect what the signal strength is, what the signal quality is, and if that changes in life, remediate it quicker and faster. So. And, and one thing that I also wanted to echo for those of us, uh, those of our audience that are, you know, it's a global audience, right? People are listening in from other countries and whatnot. Know that, uh, and Vivian, maybe we can give some color on this. Our device is GCF and PTCRB certified. That means that at a technical level, it can work anywhere in the world. There will certain, and sometimes be carriers in different regions that will require additional testing and certification. But at a technical level, the device can actually work anywhere. So, Divya, did you want to add some color to that as well? Uh, sure, Pratik. Uh, so, we, you know, we have something known as the GCF and PTCRB certification, which is the Global Certification Forum. It's actually an industry association which focuses on certifying devices for global interoperability across the different network technologies like LTE, 5G, 
So what it does is it verifies that the device meets the specific technical standards and the requirements defined by these network operators and industry bodies. So we are GCF certified as well as PTCRB, which is a not, is essential for the devices for access and operating on the cellular networks in North America. And we also have these country specific certifications. Some countries, they have their own specific certifications and testing requirements for the cellular products. But with GCF and PTCRB, we are good to go anywhere. We all also do have the carrier specific certifications like we are certified with Verizon, AT&T, like I said, all major US carriers. So that's a big. And several global ones too in Europe and Asia. So that, that's right. Yeah, we have Telstra, Optus, you know, New Zealand, Spark and one and Z, the one and Z. Could we pull this back to some customer use cases? Because I, I see a lot of my customers, they're retail organizations, they want to do a pop-up shop somewhere, they've got a festival, or they're a construction firm and they're building beside a motorway and they can't put fixed connectivity in because it would they have to dig up the motorway. Um, what sort of use cases are you kind of seeing out there? Because just, just to give some color and flavor to uh, you know, uh, some of the people listening. Absolutely. Uh, that's a great question. Um, Vivia and I can tackle this one together. Uh, first I'll say, like, I'll answer it in two parts, like who should be tuning in and maybe, you know, turning up the volume dial on this to, to listen closely. If you're a branch based business, if you're a business that has multiple locations, like listen right now, this is for you. This device was designed to elevate branch networking. That's first and foremost. Some of the most common verticals that we see knocking on the door of 5G networking are retail, food services, manufacturing and supply chain, uh, actually emergency services and public safety as well. Uh, anybody that has a lot of locations. In terms of use cases, one that stick, uh, comes to mind really quickly is I need to open a lot of locations fast. Like that's one particular need that gets fulfilled by 5G. I need to get open yesterday. There's no other better way to do that than 5G. Another way that the 5G addresses use cases is pop-up and remote locations, exurban and difficult to reach locations. What we're seeing coming out of the pandemic is that businesses, both retail and otherwise, are going into these unique form factors. They're not going into traditional spaces anymore. And in these places, it's just too prohibitive to drill and dig for new wires, right? Like if you're a new pop-up experience in downtown San Francisco, New York City, Chicago, London, Paris, what if your branch experience, you're delivering on a rooftop? What if it's in a basement? What if it's in a shipping container? What if it's a pop-up at a farmer's market? Or what if you're an emergency department that is doing training for disaster response and you're opening up tents near large bodies of water? This device is meant to serve all of those use cases and optimize connectivity. Another thing that I would expect these branch-based businesses and organizations to look into are think about what a connected experience means. It's, it's a marketing term, but it means something. What it means is that I'm delivering a series of goods and services that require WAN access. So think about 
if I'm a retailer and I want to do virtual try-ons. So I have a, a digital mirror experience where I stand in front of a mirror at a pop-up. And just by standing there, I can swipe through the mirror and see different types of merchandise on my body. That's a connected experience that can be enabled only by 5G in a pop-up setting. And another one, as I mentioned earlier, was emergency and disaster response. If you're near a large body of water and you're doing drills and training to make sure you can evacuate your community in a timely manner for the preservation of life, we're not digging wires. We're getting an MG up and running. And we see emergency departments doing it already today. So these are some of the things like folks in tech that are operating branch-based businesses start to think outside the box a little bit. Go to your solutions provider and have this conversation about well, what are some things I can do that I couldn't do before? And anything that you were limited by previously because you had a wire coming in through a wall, just go snip snip because you don't need that anymore. That is the power of 5G networking is that you can do cool things anywhere on a rooftop, in a basement, in a tent, in a shipping container, in a cart. It doesn't matter. This is what we mean by connected experiences. High throughput, low latency. Divya, did you want to add something to that as well? I know we had talked about some of our popular branch-based businesses as well, and they were rolling out things like point of sale for retail and whatnot. And we'd love it if we can kind of talk about that. So, you know, I think you have, uh, you know, co covered most of the use cases, uh, Pratik, like. If you remember, we talked about this um, and then we were getting people tagging us on social media of like, hey, I'm running a branch network with the MG. Mm -hmm. They're like, I didn't know I was getting 600 megs on a 5G connection. And we're like, guys, it's in our data sheet. We told you. And, and they were running that device indoors. Like they didn't put it outside. They didn't optimize for, you know, pointing it at the tower. They just plugged it in and ran it on their local carrier. And they were getting 600 megs down. And I'm like, yes. That is 5G. Like, we, we told you so, guys. Like, don't believe us. Just try it yourself. And it was so, it was such a good feeling to get those tags on social media of people telling us, like, oh, my God, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. It's like, that's that handshake, right? That connectivity. We're doing all that work in the background on behind the curtains of the Meraki dashboard so that all you get to do is brag about your fast speeds to all your other friends in, in tech. Be like, well, I'm doing this on a Meraki network, so I don't know about you guys. And ultimately, I think we're here to share that knowledge. The knowledge is free. You know, you don't have to pay us for it. Um, we love talking about this sort of stuff, but we, we want to share these ideas because we think everyone should be operating on this. I have to say, as a prolific shopper, I, I love the idea of not having to try and close. Because a lot of times I'll just buy a piece of clothing. I'll take it home, try it on, don't like it, return it. So this would this would save me uh the return trip <laughs> to the store so yeah and think about connected experience think about connected experiences that will utilize 3d and augmented tech, uh, reality technologies as well high bandwidth low latency so one of the questions that i often ask when i go out for dessert is like well what size do you want well i want a small how big is a small right a small might be <laughs> the size of your head to the size of the you know the palm of your hands so a connected experience might be them kind of creating an image for you using AR and be like, well, this is what a small generally looks like. Again, it's that's funny that you say experience. that. 
I recently went out to uh to get ice cream and I, I did. I asked for a small and when I got the small, I was like, this looks like the extra large. Like in like in what language is this a small? Um so that's funny. Some people stuff in three, four scoops into a small and they call it a day. And hey, that's great if you love ice cream. But a lot of us, we just want to know how big it is because we don't want to overeat, right? But again, that's a customer experience. You're helping the customer and guiding them to what they ultimately want, which is, guys, I just want a scoop. Like, how do I get that? Show me your sizes real quick. Mm -hmm. That's a connected experience. So start to see some of those rote activities get automated and be enabled by 5G. All right. Would it would have saved me from eating a, a humongous uh, ice cream cone? I couldn't <laughs> waste it, of course. I couldn't waste it. <laughs> All right. Um, we are we're having a great conversation. Uh, I want to make sure, though, before we close, particularly if you had any questions for the champions, now's the time to ask. Um, sure. Yeah, I had a question uh, for the champions. I wanted to ask them, what are the scenarios that that would makes more sense for you to try 4G or 5G. What do you think? Paul or Chris? Yeah. Um, so I, th I think a mix is good. As, as Pratik mentioned earlier, it, it's it's having that resilience to fall back to LTE where, where so, so in the UK, we've kind of passed over 50% of the population with, with access to 5G. So we've got quite developed 5G infrastructure. Uh, and many of us uh, are running as, as, running as non-standalone. So LTE is still very prevalent as well. So having that mix and, and being able to swap between them and makes, makes uh, it a much more agile, more dynamic product. So if you are having a pop-up store somewhere, you can just plug it in, get it going, get it running. Um, so it opens up a huge number of use cases to be able to have that flexibility to move between the two and, and choose. I think also the dual SIM, having dual carriers, it, uh, it, it's, it's super important as well. You know that that allows and and some of the detachable aerials to get that best experience as we talked about in the dashboard is is really key for being able to be agile and, and getting new stores up and running quickly and, and efficiently but uh having the 4g 5g failover is 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 really useful yeah and and in coming at this from a different perspective right on the other side of the pond uh a lot of the areas that i deal with are not very developed Right. Um, a lot of the people that my company specifically works with is uh, serving underserved or never served communities. And a lot of these places, it's hard just even getting a regular 4G LTE signal, much less a 5G. Um, so I think the most simplistic answer I can give is it's a more awareness around what is available where you physically are. That's my determining factor on whether or not I'm going to opt for 4G versus 5G. Um, that, that said, though, I did want to say from a carrier perspective, um, you know, the carriers that were, you know, no one's named on the call, but, you know, some of them that that offer these 5G services uh, anecdotally, like my father um, actually cut the cord um, and now goes with a 5G cellular modem for his own personal access. Right. Yeah. So in the same, yeah, so in the same token. <laughs> Like the same way that these Meraki devices will do, like my father did personally. And what's actually been really awesome is he can, um, you know, as Pratik saying, you know, offering uh, great experiences. I, I don't think that's the exact words, but my father can take that with him everywhere. He can go on the road. 
and he has his own Wi-Fi hotspot in the car. He goes and stays somewhere and it's he's all he's always connected and he's always got his own stuff. I mean, that is the kind of stuff we're talking about, giving that experience to you as a business, right? So let's say you as a business, you know, you've outgrown this small little coffee shop and now you're going into this next place. Well, guess what? You just literally pick it up and move over. And as someone who has dealt with legacy telcos and having to go, well, all right, well, that new place doesn't have the fiber connection that this place did. And here's your, you know, X amount of dollars, uh, really expensive bill to get it over here. You don't have that. You literally just like everyone else in the office, you pick up your equipment, walk over, place it down and you're, you're already working again. I'd like to actually address, uh, you made some really poignant remarks. I, I think I want to uh, hit head on here. So for those that are living in remote exurban or difficult to reach places, and you're trying to figure out how to optimize your connectivity, I'm just going to say a couple of things that we've already basically indicated to you that you can put this device outside, but actually I'd like to offer some further thoughts. You can mount it on a pole. So mm -hmm. step one, elevate the device again. Ethernet, depending on what type of cabling you're doing, over 100 meters, you're still going to get 10 gigs, potentially 40 gigs, depending on what type of cabling you're using. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to have degradation of your connection if you're running it back to a closet somewhere. So put it on a pole, elevate it. Second thing is point it at a tower. And you can actually, with the MG51E, use an optional accessory known as a patch antenna to further concentrate where you're getting your connectivity from. So these are some things that you can do if you're in these remote locations to make sure that you are getting better connection. And another thing is that for those of you in the United States, I want you to check out a website. Go to broadbandmap.fcc.gov. This came out last year. They just did a fresh update to this. It's a really cool website. The federal government, as a part of its initiatives to foster connectivity across the country, especially exurban, remote, and difficult-to-reach areas, actually now considers wireless Internet connectivity on par with wired. So when you go there, mm -hmm. you can toggle between wired and wireless. So the government has already given their vote of confidence that cellular is a viable form of broadband ultra high speed connectivity. And the cool thing is if you pop in your address, it'll actually tell you who is available and to what extent. Broadbandmap.fcc.gov for those in the United States. Check it out. All right. Well, Pratik and Divya, is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to address before we close? Oh. I just got one final quick question right here. What can we okay. do better to uh, continue sharing this knowledge for you guys, Paul and Chris? Like, what do you want to see from us? What should we be addressing? What should we talk about? What questions can we help answer in the future? Uh, me personally, uh, I'm... And a lot of the customers that I deal with here in the Southeast U.S. Um, don't know how to say it other than like we're we're very visual people. Um, I, I like to see it to believe it in a lot of ways. Um, so for me, more case studies, more openness, right? Um, even as much as, you know, it's not necessarily your cost, right? Or a Meraki cost, but like what are people seeing as a benefit to, like you said earlier, snip, snip. Let's get rid of that cord. What is the benefit that they're finding from going from, you know, perhaps some legacy um, over overpaid services versus a wireless one, right? Um, anything that can provide more factual data that is uh, vi uh, verifiable, 
right? Uh, that for me, as well as a lot of my customers is really what, you know, wins deals and wins hearts and minds. Because as we sit here and say, oh yeah, well, you know, company X did this. It's, you know, it sounds great. Although I'm not talking about a uh, former Twitter now. Um, <laughs> it's just simply a matter of being able to have a citation that is verifiable is much more realistic and people take more stock in it than just a theoretical company that, yeah, it exists, but you're not allowed to talk about them. So that would, that would be mine. I would agree. Use cases, references, uh, but also also just having that vision of, of where you're going, really, because I often come across these kind of quirky use cases where you're trying to work through, is this something? So having that two-way feedback that allows us to take a, a use case and, and, and develop that you know, into, you know, whether it's, it's driving Wi-Fi into, into, into car parks, uh, where we're not having to, to mesh it, to, to backhaul it and those sorts of things. Um, what those sorts of use cases are being, ha having that two way street and being able to, 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 to have these sorts of conversations is just really useful. That's an easy one check out our website. We've got some use cases up there today. You guys can check out. So you guys threw me a softball there. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> we, we've got customer case studies. Come check them out. They're really well-known customers. They talk about how they've adopted full stack Meraki, one dashboard to manage everything, including five uh, cellular connection and 5G. So come check it out. All Have right. You. Well, history has been made. I don't think Barbie and Oppenheimer have anything on this episode, and that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners, check out the link in the description below to continue your learning journey and access those additional resources. If you don't already, follow us on the social platform, formerly known as Twitter, at, at Meraki. And if you found this episode valuable, share the love with your professional network. Thank you for listening in. See you next time.